Hello everyone, I'm Ram Harrig, and the host of Her Voice, Mastercard's podcast series that lifts the lids on the success stories of phenomenal women entrepreneurs in the Middle East. As I speak with these amazing women, their stories will be amplified through this series, strengthening and amplifying their opinion, experience, and impact on others. Their inspirational stories will be their own personal accounts of what it means to be a woman with big dreams and how these dreams can be achieved despite struggles and challenges. Her voice was born out of MasterCard's vision to support small businesses to strengthen and grow a digital economy that works for everyone everywhere, including women entrepreneurs. And that's why I have this pleasure of sitting down with six inspirational women, a rare opportunity to learn how they found their own voice against the odds and how they learned to stand up and be heard. We'll also discover and celebrate the exciting progress that has been made in line with Saudi Arabia's vision 2030. So grab a coffee, sit back as we amplify her voice through inspiring stories. Welcome to the MasterCard Her Voice podcast series, which reveals what it's like being a woman in the Middle East in 2022. Today, I'm sitting down with one of the region's most prolific and driven serial entrepreneurs, the incredible Mona Ataya, who's a co-founder of Bait and CEO of Mom's World. Mona, welcome to MasterCard's Her Voice podcast series. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Honestly, Mona, I heard about you uh, before the podcast and I was intrigued. And then they told me that you're going to be in the podcast and I was even more intrigued. So just from the beginning, you're one of the true success stories in the regions. You have truly broken new ground in building such a massive e-commerce company. What kind of legacy would you like to leave behind for women? Um, first of all, thank you for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Um, I... I've never really thought of what kind of legacy I'd like to leave behind for women. Uh, what drives me every single day is what kind of legacy I want to leave behind really for me and in my world and in my life. What are my values? Um, I was raised um, as a Palestinian um, in the Gulf, um, understanding the importance of hard work, uh, education, contribution, giving 110% to everything you do and creating positive impact, not only to your ecosystem, but to, your, uh, to the people around you, to your family. Um, so that's really my driver. Um, I get up every day wanting to learn something new, wanting to contribute from what I have learned and wanting to create some kind of positive impact for my family, for the people around me and my ecosystem. And I hope uh, that will be my legacy. I love that your your legacy ended up being uh, a second thought and not the main idea. You started because you had a passion and it ended up being your legacy. Because sometimes when you are so driven about having a, a certain outcome, you get lost in the shuffle. But when it's passion driven and then you get a legacy, it's such a gift, isn't it? Um, how would you describe your personal and cultural journey that led you to this moment, having one of the highest uh, women-led e-commerce business in the region? So um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, um, I'm born and raised in, in the Gulf. 
Um, I'm Palestinian originally. I'm uh, one of five siblings. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My father was an entrepreneur. His father was an entrepreneur. Um, and all five siblings are entrepreneurs. Um, so um, are you the I only guess, girl? Um, we are. No, we're three girls and two boys. And all five of us are entrepreneurs. Amazing. Um, my father is uh, is the eldest of 13. And um, big family, yeah, Marshall. very big family, and they're also entrepreneurs. So I guess you can say that it is in our DNA. Um, and specifically, we have been raised, like I said, to uh, to create, to be creative, uh, to contribute, and to do things that we are passionate about. Um, so I have always been driven by uh, passion projects, by projects that I feel can make uh, a positive change. Sometimes having a male-dominated background gives you such a an edge in the in the field, and, and the opposite is also true. Sometimes when it's female-dominated, gives you an edge. I love that there is a balance. In my case, we were two girls, one boy, so it was the opposite of that. Um, I'm very impressed by this. You secured a total of 50 million in funding from Mom's World, so you're absolutely playing with the big boys here. What kind of challenges have you faced working the world of e-commerce? and in the masculine world of venture capitalism? We started Mums World in um, quarter four of 2011. So I wrote the business plan for Mums World in the summer of 2011. I'm a mother of three children. So on one side, I wear the hat of a mother with unmet, uh, frustrated consumer needs. And on the other side, I was also an entrepreneur. I was one of the co-founders of Bait.com. So the business plan for Mums World was written with the vision to create a platform where mothers are empowered to make the most informed decisions for their families. Um, as a mother myself, I was not empowered. I didn't have access to choice of quality products. Uh, prices in this part of the world uh, were and continue to be very high. Um, uh, comprehensive information to make informed decisions was lacking, and a community of mothers was non-existent. So I set out uh, to solve these problems with a vision to, to give moms the tools, information, and resources to be the best version of themselves. Um, and so we launched the website in uh, quarter for 2011, and it became a, uh, a leader very, very quickly. And we have been leaders in this particular ecosystem, a vertical mother, baby, and child e-commerce for the past 11 years. You found a missing niche that did not exist because you wanted it. And that's what made you want to do Mom's World. I, I always like hearing the origin stories of companies, especially the ones that are passion driven. Again, I'm a very much a passion person <laughs> and I'm driven by my emotions. One of the things that I will I will mention on, on that, um, when we launched Mom's World, the ecosystem for e-commerce was very nascent. Um, there was one horizontal player with very deep pockets in the market already. Just one? Just one at the time. Um, at the time, it was a player that, that remains today. And there were no real vertical pure play. Mm. So we were the first pioneering vertical pure play to enter the market. And the ecosystem didn't have the enablers like fast couriers that delivered orders quickly. Payment gateways were lacking. Technology talent was True. non-existent. Accurate, accuracy of delivery. And All of that did not exist, exist at the time. So we had to create our ecosystem from day one as, as well. So not only were we entering when internet penetration was low, but we were entering when e-commerce was uh, was misunderstood um, and wasn't really uh, an enabler for customers yet. 
at the dawn of it. Yes, and it, it was. It says a lot to you that you survived and you thrived in that very, very difficult um, environment. I commend you for that. Um, of course, MasterCard is taking huge strides to encourage more female startups with a direct focus on bringing 25 million women entrepreneurs into the digital economy by 2025. Given how successful you are, mashallah, uh, in e-commerce, what advice would you have for other women in the region who are trying to break into this world? As with all entrepreneurs, whether you're a woman or a man, the starting point is identifying an important unmet consumer need gap uh, that is worth filling. That's the first thing. The second question is, are you as an entrepreneur the right person to solve this need gap? So do you have uh, the, the skills the information, the resources, and the, the the grit that is required to bring this solution to life? That's the second question. Again, regardless of whether you're a woman or a man. Um, and so for me, the, the, the door is open for, for women in the region. Uh, success breeds success. We've seen over the last, uh, particularly over the last five years, a lot of successful women um, uh, bridge that gap um, and um, enter not only the entrepreneurial ecosystem, but also uh, the corporate ladder and getting to the, to the top of it. So because other women can see this success, they summon the courage um, and the mindset that it is possible, that if others can do it, so can they. Um, so I guess in short for me um, is the leap of faith and the courage to do something that's important um, and just do it. I love that you mentioned that because that's exactly the question I was going to ask because you mentioned how it's important to have examples around you, how empowerment leads to empowerment. So you're a co-founder in the company with Lena Khalil. How important is it for you to collaborate with other women in this business? So. Um, no business is built uh, by one person. Um, the best businesses are built by the best teams. Um, and no one person has all the answers. In fact, it's the opposite. A leader's job is not to have all the answers. A leader's job is to mobilize the brains, the skills, the resources around him or her to get the job done. That's the, the role of a leader. So for me, when, when I wrote the business plan of Mom's World, um, I knew that I had to surround myself with leaders, partners who can join me on that journey, who had the same vision as me and who were impassioned by that vision as much as me. Um, so I started reaching out to people I knew. I knew that I needed someone in Saudi. That was the most important market. I knew it was the biggest market at that time. Um, and so I reached to Lena, who was at the time based in Saudi. She was based in Riyadh. She, like me, had three children. She knew the ecosystem of not only Saudi, but she knew the 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 mindset of the mother um, and the the ecosystem of the mother. So she was the first person I reached out to. Um, I then reached out to two other uh, potential partners. And so we we started um, as a team initially of four people, and then we started hiring and we were building from within from day one. Um, so th the answer to your question is, it's very important to surround yourself with people that you trust, that you respect, and whose skills are complements of your skills. Um, the, the other thing that was very important to me specifically is because we were building a business that was about empowering women to make the most informed decisions, it was very important for us to, um, to kind of sing to that tune. And that meant that we had to empower women also within the organization. So when I was hiring for the leadership roles, um, I have to be honest, but I looked first for women. 
Um, not because I wanted to limit the company just to women. On the contrary, the company had to be diverse and you had to have a split of women and men. But I wanted to give the opportunity first and foremost for women who uh, would normally be perhaps uh, sidelined because they were women, because they were mothers. Um, I did look for mothers. I did look for leaders who had education that I respected, higher education that I respected. Um, and I did look for women who had uh, the vision that was aligned with mine. So today our head of technology is a woman. Our head of Saudi is a woman. Our head of logistics inbound, which is traditionally a male-dominated, still a male-dominated arena, is a woman. Uh, our head of customer experience is a woman. So we have a lot of leaders who are women. But, and importantly, our business and our company is diverse. We have we have half-half. We have 50% women, 50% men. Uh, but we are certainly uh, female-heavy on the leadership level because we went out with concerted effort to give women that opportunity and we found stellar women uh, along the way. It's incredible because uh, nowadays, Haram, I feel bad for the guys a little bit <laughs> because uh, now that there are equal opportunity and more people like you who are giving opportunity to women equally, it's become very obvious that women are not just capable, but thrive in this. But before that, we never get the chance because it was never perceived as a, a female um, environment. It was always perceived as male. So I love that nowadays it's more like so competitive that women have become in the forefront of most of all of the developments if you see now, especially for Saudi. I'm so proud of that. Growing up, I never imagined one day that I would meet so many incredible women like this who have such a big hand in not just their own path, but affect so many others. And speaking of me growing up, this is a question that I like when people ask me and I would put it forward to you. If you could go back in time to your younger self, what's the one piece of advice you would give her? As a, um, as a child and as a teenager, I was always driven um, by being the best version of myself. I was super competitive. So I was an athlete. Um, I what ran sports? in school. So I ran in school. You ran. I uh, I did show jumping. Amazing. Um, I was I was always doing something that was athletic. So I was never still. Um, I started my weekends at six in the morning on a horse, and I ended my my weekend at eight nine at night playing tennis. So I was always doing something that was super competitive, and I think that competitive spirit. Um, drove me throughout my life where I never wanted to do something that I wasn't excellent in and that I didn't continue to try to become better at. Um, and I never did anything with the desire of coming number two, ever. And this translates to how I raise my children. It translates to my work where um, anything less than excellent is is. Is not uh, is not acceptable. Anything less than excellent is um, you can continue to drive to that excellence. Um, you can continue to be better. You can continue to push the to push the envelope and challenge the status quo. And that has done that has served me well in my education. It served me well in my job. It served me well in all the businesses that I've been part of. Um, so I guess the advice that I would give uh, my younger self is. Um, you know, you did the right thing. Never settle. Never settle for average. Never settle for mediocrity. Never settle for being number two because you don't need to. You don't need to. Always challenge the status quo because if you do what everybody else does, you will be like everybody else. If you challenge the status quo, you will lead. You will pave the road to change, 
to impact um, and to 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 being a better version or the best version of yourself. I admire that so much because it's also how I would see myself growing up. I was always trying to push and trying to find uh, the uncomfortable space that makes you great. And some people don't don't have that, don't relate to that. They feel uncomfortable in that space. So I admire you so much for it and I can clearly see it. And I would love to meet your daughters. What do they do? So I have actually three boys. Yeah, three I boys? Have three teenage boys. MashaAllah. Um, yeah, they're, they're men now. So they're, you know, my... How are they? Are they? Do they take after mom and dad? Yeah, so they're they're wonderful. I mean, my boys are my Mashallah. pride and joy. Um, the older two are actually fraternal twins. They're they're 18 years old. MashaAllah. And my youngest is 14. Um, and they're they're wonderful. My uh, interestingly enough, my 14-year-old uh, yesterday told me, um, "What if when I grow up, I do something that I love but doesn't make money?" That was his question. 14. And I asked him back. I said, "What do you think would happen if you did something you love and doesn't make money?" You tell me the answer. And then he reflected on that and he said, "Actually." If I do something I love, it's going to make money. So if you're driven by passion, if you're driven by something that you feel strongly about and that is a a positive thing, the rewards will come. On the flip side, if you do something just for the rewards, it it has a dead end. It's short-lived. You can have the biggest paycheck in the world and not feel fulfilled. And then you can have the simplest job and feel fulfilled. It's not about how much money you make. It would be, I think it's a golden ratio of doing what you love and making a living out of it. Um, Someone very famous once said, if you love what you do, then you won't work a day in your life. Um, One last question, even though, as we say, I cannot get bored of you. You have such lovely aura. My last question is very simple. What is priceless to you? What is priceless? What do you consider to be priceless? Um, Health and family. Um, that's the most important. Everything else is is on the side. And health and family allows you to create. When you have health and you have a solid family around you, you can do anything. That's, I get goosebumps every time someone answers this question this way because I, I also feel that way. Um, someone else said time, but I, I think that's also partly related to health as well because it's time. So look, time is... Um, and I'm, gra- I'm glad you brought that up because time is your, your greatest asset. Uh, time does not come back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you use your time in a, in a senseless way. You get a senseless life. Exactly. You can have all the time yes. in the world and no time at all if you don't know what to do with it. Uh, again, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story with us so beautifully and so elegantly. You have to see this woman. She has such a lovely aura and lovely okay. presence. Mashallah tabarakallah. And I admire you so much. Thank you. The whole idea for, for this podcast series with MasterCard um, is to share your voice and hopefully inspire others. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I've been inspired and I'm sure so many other listeners are inspired too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you to my guest for that inspirational story. Her voice are stories of inspiring and brave women brought to you by MasterCard as part of a podcast series that amplifies the voices of women through women. If you feel empowered and inspired, may this be a reminder of the impact of your own voice to encourage and drive confidence in other women. 
please visit priceless.com slash her voice and get to know the stories behind the voice podcast series. I'm Raham Harag, your host signing off for now. Stay safe and stay tuned. Ma'asalamah.